Hello, it's Tracksuit Mafia guy here. Uh, we are coming to you today to talk about all kinds of news that happened in the last few weeks. And we are here to talk about uh, the Ronin, his guy, he's Ronin, he's right here. We're here to talk about him and, and the Hawkeye and all the good things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's get it started right now. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast! Bro. Bro. Bro, good podcast, bro. <laughs> Great podcast, bro. <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. Man, I love the tracksuit mafia. Um, <laughs> we are on season two, episode 38. It is nearly December. When this comes out, it'll be December. Yeah. We're like a day away from December, um, which is nuts. Um Excited to talk about Hawkeye. My name is Tommy. I forgot to say that. I'm here with my Eastern Block Country co-host, Eric. <laughs> and we are here to talk about Hawkeye. We're back at it after our little break between Eternals um, and the next Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. So super exciting shit. Um, yeah. But there's been so much going on. There's so much to talk about. And it's almost all to do with Spider-Man <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pretty much everything is Spider-Man. Everything's going crazy. And we are basically like two weeks away, a little over two weeks away from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home coming out. Um, wow. So lots of shit's coming. Yeah. Including, uh, including I'm going to guess record-breaking ticket sales for Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, there we go. Let's jump into my first article. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home tickets are being sold for tens of thousands of dollars on eBay. Hmm? So tickets went on sale last night at midnight. Oh, fuck? And basically every movie ticketing website crashed last night at midnight. That is what I saw. I was able to buy two tickets at about 12.45 in the morning. Um, and that was after several tries, but apparently there's a bunch of people trying to cash in on it. Uh, one, one look at eBay, there was a ticket listed for $25,000, um, which is just the dumbest shit ever because yeah. there's like every, if you look at any theater starting December 16th, basically every screen they have is playing this fucking movie. Yeah. And you can see it as early as three o'clock in the afternoon at a lot of theaters. And so they're ready to display the shit out of this movie and you can get tickets. You'll be able to get tickets. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it feels to me like for me personally, it was harder to get this ticket than it was to get Endgame, which is mind blowing. Yeah, this I've I've now revised my thoughts and i think this movie is going to be an easy billion dollar movie like like oh yeah with perhaps two perhaps two billion even in pandemic times 
That would be insane. Let's take a look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man Far From Home made $1.132 billion. Okay. That was before so, the end times. I'm going to say that full theatric run for this, we're looking at 1.6. That's yeah, guess. at least. I, I agree with you. At least that, I think. Yeah. If I'm playing Price is Right rules, I, w- I would say that would be... As long as it lives up to the hype, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. expectations here. Yeah, it, like if Toby and Andrew only show up for like three minutes, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, like the reviews are bad, then then everything I take back. But yeah. I think it, it, it's an easy billion, and then the reviews and the hype will, t- will take it as far as it takes. So. Yes, agreed. So we'll see what happens there. I'm excited. Um continuing continuing the run of seeing all these movies on opening night um i actually had a little bit of a conundrum because we are we are going to see a comedy show that night and i didn't realize that was the night and we're going to a wedding the next day and wow. so we're actually going to go to a, a comedy show and then right after go see spider-man so wow. we'll be very tired from sitting who which comedian uh trey kennedy okay so that should be pretty pretty fun. I'm nice. looking forward to both of those. Um, so if you want to get Spider-Man tickets, start looking now because you might end up getting that like front corner seat where you can't see jack shit, but at least you'll be there. <laughs> and it also uh, kind of leaked out that uh, a new report's out that says that the movie will be two hours and 28 minutes long. Mm. So pretty decently long uh for a marvel movie but i think eternals was actually longer than that eternals was two hours and 37 minutes long yeah um and so still not the longest uh mcu movie by far end game uh and eternals were longer than that and i think it's a little bit let's see one minute shorter than avengers infinity war um so decently long mcu movie yeah, I like um, it. it and on top to of that, a lot of merch has started kind of surfacing online featuring uh, Green Goblin and Dr. O- uh, Dr. Octopus, stuff like that. And so I think uh, things are starting to trickle through if if the spoilers hadn't reached you already. <laughs> yeah, I am sh- shocked and amazed that they are not acknowledging Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in this movie. It sounds like our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige got his way. Yeah, he's, and you referenced this as well, and I completely agree with you. He is wrong on this one. He's dead wrong on this one. Why the fuck would you hide the two biggest reasons by far anybody would want to go see this movie? In the marketing so I, of the movie. I'm wondering, like, if the thought process here now is, is like, we know that this is happening. A lot of other people don't know this is happening. So it's like, do you hold the actual footage of it? Because we already know. We know what's happening. The nerds know what's happening. And so it's like, you hold it so we can experience it in theaters. And then the moment it's out, you're going to start seeing clips of them as marketing. And then people are gonna be like, well, I got to go see that. And maybe like the word of mouth and all the marketing related to seeing all the spider guys together, maybe hypes it up. I don't know. I guess like I've gone back and forth on the whole thing because I wanted to see all three of them together, but like I already know they're in it. Like it's a sure thing. 
hundred percent. And so it's like, I, I think I do actually just want to see how it happens in the theater rather than in a trailer. Very yeah, torn. Yeah. I mean, that's fair, but I just, I don't know. I just, it seems like bad business. Although I get it. I mean, it won't be if this movie makes $2 billion. So, yeah. so, so I don't know, but I just have to assume that after reading that article where Kevin Feige, it was his his argument that he didn't want them to be in the trailer. That there's there's some there's some strategic plan there that I can't quite comprehend because I'm not a movie producer and I don't understand this shit. I just see it from a fan perspective. But it did the the thing that I didn't like is that they made such an event out of the trailer. Yeah, and and it's just a trailer. It's just a trailer. And there was clearly scenes in the trailer where the spider, other Spider-Men were in it, but they took them out. And so it's like, right, right. I think maybe they they had the plan to have them in it and Sony planned this huge event with Marvel. And then they they kind of reneged on the deal there. Um, and so I don't know. The thing Two weeks. I, I think I would have been more OK with it if they would have at least like strongly alluded to it. I mean, they didn't even. Well, what about Doctor Strange? He's like, they're coming through. That means nothing. He's not talking about the Spider-Man. That's in like the last fight scene of the movie. And he seems terrified. I feel like that's there's true. no possible way that's about Toby and Andrew. That's just a random line. I've I've and and if it is about Toby and Andrew, it's like the least confirming line <laughs> that could ever that they could ever show. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like the one thing that isn't really a reference to Spider-Man is like when when Otto Octavius is like, you're not Peter Parker. Yeah. Like that was probably the closest, but that's tangential at best. Did you see there's actually an even better kind of version of that in a TV spot? Have you watched any of the TV spots? No, I have not. Oh, there's a great maybe like five second scene where it's Doctor Strange, uh, Peter and Doc Ock. And Doctor Strange is asking Doc Ock, do you, do you know Peter Parker? Doc Ock's like, yes. Doctor Strange is like, is this him? And Doctor Ock goes, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Dude, like, just hearing you talk about this, I'm still in awe that we have, like, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man hanging out with... Toby Maguire's Doctor Octopus, like yeah, yeah, that's wild. Holy shit, that's fucking wild. Just like I always go back to like good ten years ago and and try and tell me that this is gonna happen. Just mind blowing. Yeah, we didn't even have Spider Man in the MCU ten years ago. Yeah, shit's wild. I'm so excited for this movie. Oh my god, especially after Eternals. I'm gonna continue to shit on Eternals, even though a lot of people like it. <laughs> Eric's probably gonna love it. So, uh, yeah, I probably am going to like it. Well, my expectations, it, to be fair, are like in the ground. So, <laughs> so if, the only way is up at this point. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely got to watch that one again. Yeah. Um. Oh, shit. Um. I just closed out of something. OK, I could not believe this. All right. Last time we talked. Tom Holland is like. I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. It's like, if I'm in my 30s, I'm still play, playing Spider-Man. I've made a mistake. And it's like, no, bro. No, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
you you no, succeeded bro. beyond most people's wildest dreams if you're still playing like, spider-man at 30 first of all like 30 is like one movie away for you bud right also like you're playing like the most iconic comic book character yeah and you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it like i don't i don't understand actors are so like up their own ass well i heard i i did hear an interesting take i heard a take that the reason he did that is because he's renegotiating his price well which let's I, talk about that yeah. for a second here amy pascal is basically sony pictures version of kevin feige um and so essentially the wish.com version of kevin feige <laughs> yeah that's for sure um, however, she was the producer on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so I don't always, you know, dislike her, but obviously she's been in charge of, of production over at Sony Pictures or Spider-Man stuff for a long time. And Fandango had an interview, um, with Amy Pascal, and she kind of interrupted them in an interview when they pointed out that Spider-Man No Way Home will, quote, wrap up this trilogy of films in collaboration with Marvel Studios. And this is what she said verbatim. Can I say something about that? This is not the last movie that we are going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. We are getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. It just isn't part of... We're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. Marvel and Sony are going to keep going together as partners. Yay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's good, but I also fuck Sony. But, uh... I mean, they, I mean, like, big picture, Disney just needs to buy out the rights. But, yes. like, this seems like pretty conclusive that there's going to be another trilogy of spider-man movies yeah for sure i think i once i heard the theory that he is just basically renegotiating his contract i feel like it's very similar to like athletes do that kind of shit all the time too they'll like say outlandish things about i don't know i've been thinking about moving and it's like no you're fucking not you're you're just thinking about getting more money which fair sure get that money tom holland whatever yeah i mean right after daniel craig was done filming the james bond film specter he said he'd rather slit his own wrist yeah. than do another james bond movie again <laughs> yeah so you because you got to imagine if you want to get a guy who'd rather slit his own wrist than do a james bond movie again to do a james bond movie again you're gonna have to pay him a shitload of money Guess what his base salary was for the the next movie? Oh my god, what like 30 million, 40 million? Yep. Was it 30? <laughs> yes. 25 million. Yes. That was just base and then he gets other residuals and stuff, so nuts. Dude, that's uh, yeah, I'd slip my wrist too. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> what oh if that was Oh my god. At that point though, it's like I feel like you don't even really need to to say any of that, though, just, you know, if, if you're like that character, just be like, no, 25. 25. That's all I need. 25. Yeah. Come on. Crazy. All right. I think that's everything I had for Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, Did I, I just want to mention, just in case, I mean, I can't imagine anyone who's listening to this podcast wouldn't have already, like, been all up on this, but just FYI. Uh, we made a reference a couple minutes ago to like one of the like a character being cut out of the trailer. I don't think we've actually 
talked about that on the show. So just FYI, when the trailer dropped, it dropped all across the world, right? So tons of different versions. In one version, in the Brazilian version of the trailer, the the shot, it's kind of like the hero shot of Tom Holland, Spider-Man, slow-mo jumping through the air toward Electro, Sandman, and the Lizard. In the Brazilian cut of the trailer, they stay on that shot for like one second longer. Literally, it's just one second. And you can see that in that shot, first of all, there's a lot of empty space on Tom Holland's side, first of all. And second of all, in that second that clearly was a mistake that was supposed to be cut out of the, tra- out of the trailer, you see an invisible thing uh, basically kicking the lizard in the face. And you yeah, see... He's just getting kicked by nothing. Yeah, you see his head just shoot back. He has obviously been attacked in some way. So the big speculation is that's obviously... Uh, I- I'm going to guess Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because I'm... Well, maybe not. Maybe Andrew would have uh, Electro in that fight. I don't know. But uh, but one of the Spider-Men is the guess. And, and either way, right, the... The supposed leaked videos slash pictures that feature Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield yep. have essentially the same scaffolding and backdrop as that final battle scene there around the under construction Statue of Liberty. And so there's just like a lot of things lining up um, that go with the leaks related to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in that movie. Yes keep forgetting all the conversations we've had outside of this podcast related to that <laughs> right my goodness it's wild super excited though yeah so go buy your tickets yeah. asap otherwise you're gonna be sad um <laughs> when you go to the theater and there's nothing left um all right so i don't want to get too much into hawkeye but there's uh there's one kind of spoilery thing uh that an article is talking about and there's been a lot of rumors that Kingpin will make his MCU debut uh, in this series. And as those that have watched the show, first two episodes know, the second episode ends with uh, the character Echo being introduced. And in the comics, Echo famously works for Kingpin. And so there's a lot of people wondering uh, when Kingpin will debut in the series. And so... Uh, recently, Marvel Studios executive producer Trin Tran was asked why she chose to include Echo in the show, um, and she basically was, it was like a video interview, she says, I, I would love to answer that, I need to, uh, we, we need to speak after you've seen the, f-, and then she starts saying an F word, like fourth or fifth, and then she stops and goes, the rest of the episodes. Oh, and so a lot of people man. are now speculating that in the fourth or fifth episode, we will get a rebooted version of Wilson Fisk as Kingpin. Wow. As her boss. Um, you know, one of one of the people in charge of the organized crime that we're seeing in New York City. So I just hope he slams somebody's skull into a car door again. Dude. <laughs> That's- that's all I want. That was like the most gruesome part of the entire Daredevil. Yeah, show. for sure. Oh I don't, gosh. I can't, I don't remember a single The Punisher kill, but I remember that one vividly. <laughs> yeah, me too. I remember that too because I was watching it. And as the car door scene happened, someone came into my house 
Oh, and they're like, what are you watching? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, it's just a comic book character. Because <laughs> it's like so bloody and gross. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I'm really excited. I love Kingpin. Apparently, this is going to be a little bit more comic accurate, which just means it's going to be fat as fuck. Oh, um, okay. So I'm really excited about that. And he's going to wear I, exclusively. I, I really we're, uh, we're getting some of these characters back. It's super exciting. Yeah. He's going to exclusively wear purple turtlenecks with, like, white blazers. Please. That's all we need in the world. <laughs> and, like, That's gold all chains. We all we need. Amazing. Um, Well, I thought this was, was interesting, too. Eternals is reportedly headed to Disney Plus this January. Um, and so it will debut, according to Streaming Guider, It'll debut on January 12th, 2022 on Disney Plus. But this is as it is about to reach its $400 million mark um, worldwide. And that's without a Chinese release. Um, so it's still doing pretty well in the worldwide box office, despite not being released in China and a lot of the Middle Eastern countries because it has a gay couple in it. Wow. That Yeah, I mean, good for that movie. Mm. Fuck global bigotry. Hell yeah. We'll have to watch that one again as well, just like we did Shung Chi. Yeah. See what you think about Love it. it. And I'll complain the whole time. <laughs> All right. Um I, I thought this was a little bit interesting. So originally we were supposed to actually have uh Miss Marvel come out this year. Um and for a long time we thought it would come out before Hawkeye would. Um, but that got pushed back to sometime next year. So we've seen pictures of Miss Marvel, um, you know, in, in behind the scenes shots. We've also seen some promo material that has leaked of her outfit here. Um, however, the sequel to Captain Marvel, not Miss Marvel, to Captain Marvel um, is called The Marvels. And it'll feature both um, Monica Rambeau, Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel in it. And the filming on that movie has wrapped production. Whoa, and there that's kind of surprising. Um, sorry, what was that? I said that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, it's it seems like they're moving ahead of schedule a little bit with some of these movies because this wrapped as well as Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Wow. Um, and so those movies are not supposed to come out until 2022 and 2023, respectively. And so it seems like they have some time there, which is good for Marvel. Um, however, there's a, a set picture of what looks to be an updated Miss Marvel suit that is different from the one we've seen from her show. And it looks pretty cool. I think it looks good. Um, and so really excited to see that that character, um, you know, in her own series and, and see how that lines up for this next Captain Marvel sequel. Um, but really cool to to see all these different suits. And it's just very strange, though, that we see two iterations of a suit before we even see the character in any, you know, show or movie. Yeah. I, uh, I have to say, I feel like all the leaks specifically for Miss Marvel, like the suit looks really good without any CGI fuckery, which I feel like is not always the case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i remember when like the black panther suit leaked i was like eh, it looks a little clunky but then you see it in like captain america civil war yeah, like this is great fucking sweet. yeah yeah no i i would agree it, it doesn't look like there needs to be any touch-up to make it look really good yeah 
I'm and, and and there still will be despite that. So I'm sure it'll look amazing when when it's all said and done, even even better. But it looks yeah, it, it looks very very good base. I would say yeah. I really hope they get that character right because that's uh, it's like one of the few like new new comic book character debuts that I really really loved. Yeah, I love Miss Marvel. She's really fun. So we'll see. Yeah. And that'll come out sometime next year. Nice. Um, another, this is kind of tangentially related to Spider-Man. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that Sony Pictures is developing a live action Miles Morales movie. Uh, uh, which, uh, you're that excited, huh? That makes me want to slip my wrists. I would really hope it would be within the MCU. Dude, fuck Sony if it's not. I mean, they already kind of, they introduced his uncle. Yeah. But in they, I, the first Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, but I feel like they abandoned that immediately after that movie. Have such a big actor, Donald Glover. Right? I, it's like, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I just, I hope that wasn't, almost just like a cameo of like, ah, remember when everybody wanted Donald Glover to be Spider-Man? Now he's in a Spider-Man movie. And it's like, that's, that's not it, chief, as the kids say. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> I just think it's funny. This rumor comes from Daniel uh, Richtman, who has his own Patreon page to just report out rumors. and <laughs> That's a know. scam. Oh yeah. my god. Who would pay that Patreon page? Which is funny because like I'm reading an article that is just reporting what his Patreon reported. Oh my god. And so, you know. I like, hope hey. that's not true. I really, really, really fucking hope that's not true. But knowing so after the success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, it seems like it makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I just hate that Marvel's not gonna handle that character so much yeah because sony will fuck it they'll fuck it up yeah they 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 will fuck it there's no question it's it's just i i struggle with this this reminds sony's movies they remind me of the x-men movies where they're just wildly inconsistent yeah and that confuses the fuck out of me because like x-men first class and x-men days of future past like X-Men movies I love. And then all the ones that came after it were terrible. Uh, what? X-Men, obviously, like, kind of rebooted a lot of superhero movies. But, like, X-Men 2, um, you know, like, great movie. Goes into Wolverine's background. But then, like, X-Men 3, terrible. Just, like, not a good... It's just, like, yeah. I don't understand how you can make really good movies and then really shitty movies. Because, like, Into the Spider-Verse was so good. It like felt like they really truly got the characters, and I loved it. Um, but I have no faith in Sony Pictures whatsoever. Yeah, none, none at all, none at all. Unfortunately, so, especially we'll after fucking these Venom movies, and then this Morbius trailer, which looks god awful. Ugh! No one wants to go see these movies. No, we want Spider Man movies. That's what we want. Oh, man. All right. I got one more to top it off. All right. Guess what the highest grossing movie 2021 worldwide is, Eric? Any guesses? 
uh, highest grossing movie worldwide this year. I get is it Shang Chi? It is. No time to die. Oh wow! No time to die has topped Fast and the Furious Nine, the Fast Saga. Oh, I forgot that came out. It has made seven hundred and sixty million dollars worldwide so far. Okay, exceeding expectations by quite a bit. Um, and so I'll do a quick rundown of the top ten or so movies of the year, and give you their their gross. Um, we got No Time to Die at seven sixty mil, Fast and the Furious Nine at seven forty, uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage at four seventy. <laughs> big big drop there. Godzilla versus Kong what? at four sixty eight. What? Shang Chi four thirty. Black Widow three eighty. Dune three seventy five. And cool. Eternals three sixty eight. So, got three Marvel movies in there. Jeez, not too bad. Not including Venom. So, yeah, include Venom. You got four Marvel movies in there. That makes me sad for Dune. Dune deserves better. I think Dune is still Dune is still uh, it's still going up. They're re releasing it in IMAX. It just went over a nice. hundred million dollars domestically. Um, I think it's hard for okay, so. Looking at these titles, right? No Time to Die, theater exclusive. Fast and Furious, I think, was theater exclusive. So was Venom. So those are the top three. Godzilla vs. Kong, that had HBO Max. Um, Shang-Chi yep. was exclusive. Black Widow had Disney Plus exclusive. So like, there's like another 200000000 million, I'm sure, at least. Yeah, you guess. That came yeah. there. Um, Dune also had HBO Max, same day release. Um, and so... You know, you're looking at these and 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 there's a lot of ways for people to view a lot of these movies. And so I think Dune would be higher. Black Widow would absolutely be beating Shang-Chi. Um, and even, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. That was pro- like an earlier pandemic movie. That would be a lot higher, too, I think, if if um, there wasn't that same day release. And so it's it's hard this year to really do apples to apples with any of these movies because each one had different release circumstances based on the time they were released. But then also the platforms changed wildly for each one. Um, some of them had like digital releases that came like two weeks, two weeks after stuff like that. And so it's like really hard to tell how much a movie's made. Yeah. I think the movie industry needs to do what the music industry did when streaming became kind of inevitable where they just changed like it used to be a certain number of album sales to go gold and they basically just did they came up with like a streaming equivalent and i feel like they can and should easily do that for the movie industry as well i guess maybe they feel like streaming isn't inevitable yet but there's a lot of people kicking and screaming that's for damn sure (laughs) yeah we are like basically going through the iTunes era of Hollywood right now. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to the streaming era <laughs> of movies. Yep. I'm just speaking, uh, you know, metaphorically here. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, I think, for the next couple of years for movies because things are, are changing quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I was reading an article that was saying, you know, the new Netflix movie with The Rock and Ryan... Uh, 
God, what's his last name? Reynolds? Um, Ryan Reynolds, yes, thank you, and Gal Gadot. You know, like, they're, like, based on the viewership that Netflix got, like, it was technically viewed by, like, more people than Avengers Endgame. And I was like, okay, like, I was reading this article, and it's like, you're basically, like, twisting some statistics to make it sound like it was viewed by more people than Endgame. But, like, you also don't know how many people just clicked it on for like a little bit then turned it off right well they and know it's, just, it's <laughs> but they'll never share that information <laughs> right yeah exactly and so it's just like it's it's kind of a mixed bag of like okay you're trying to compare like this movie to the the highest grossing film of all time right and it's just like clearly they're not on the same level right and so it's just silly i don't know it just seems seems a little bit weird it's like people like quote this movie there is like this has like cultural influence like i didn't even know the name of that movie red notice um and so i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting for sure yeah it will be all right that's everything from my end you got anything this week my friend uh unfortunately not as you know uh when you texted me this morning to start this recording i was unfortunately asleep <laughs> and i and i was planning on looking up some star wars news but i don't think there's been anything oh yeah uh the rangers of the republic movie or whatever has been canceled um oh no yeah so rip to that and then uh i think like it's it's like official that the ryan johnson's trilogy has also been canceled and then, uh, but, good. but no, not good, bad. You're wrong. And then, uh, and then, <laughs> uh, sounds like you're trying to do a dog. You're bad, <laughs> bad. You're wrong. Bad. Um, and then I don't remember if we talked about this, but it's, it's a rumor that they're working on an old Republic movie, which would be the greatest thing of my life. So. That's uh that's what we got in Star Wars land for now. Off the top of the dome. Whoa. <laughs> Going all the way down there, huh? <laughs> all right. Let's jump right into this. And and I wanted to ask you up front. Obviously this week we're talking about the first two uh out of six episodes of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to just like talk about them as one. Yeah, that works because they they felt like one episode just sliced into. Agreed. Um. Okay. So I just I want to rate them as one, and talk about them as one. If you're cool with that. Ooh. Yeah. Th- yeah. They're, yeah. That works. Otherwise, I'll probably just rate them both the same. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. If, they felt. I'm trying to think if I, I would rate them differently, and I don't think I would. I probably would rate them both the same. Okay. Um, and so we have two episodes. The first one is called Never Meet Your Heroes. The second one is called Hide and Seek. Um, they were both directed by Reese Thomas. Um, and what did I want to say before this here? Um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, I've watched both of these twice. Okay. Um, and I felt like once again, it was kind of like it, it felt like Loki, where it's like, whoa, like 40 minutes is up already. Yeah. Um, like, it's really well paced. Um, 
Um, and let's kind of jump into it. We'll kind of go chronologically, I guess, through through some of these and and talk about it. So um, the episode opens up basically in New York City in 2012. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. Yep. I think something happened around 2012 <laughs> yep. in New York City, folks. Um, and so we, we see like a young Kate Bishop and her parents are like arguing about like money. Uh, her mom and dad are, but then like her dad comes up because they they catch her eavesdropping. We should say they're arguing yeah. about money when these people are clearly rich as piss, right? Yeah, like, they have like like a penthouse fucking huge ass apartment in yeah. like downtown Manhattan. Yeah, and so yeah, like they're like we need to sell the penthouse, and it's like okay, like something's going on there, but like seriously, like these people have like the nicest home ever. Yeah, um, and. So like her, she talks to her dad and then her dad goes to go work on something. And then her mom's like, go grab your checkerboard. We'll go play some checkers or something. And basically as she's going to grab her checkerboard, Kate Bishop, um, you start hearing the Chitari dudes fly by her window from the battle of New York as seen in the Avengers movie. Um, and pretty quickly, like explosions start happening and the Battle of New York basically begins. And I just loved this scene. I loved, like, the perspective of being in the Battle of New York. But, like, you really don't see any Avengers at first. You're just, like, experiencing it as, like, a nobody. And I loved it. This reminded me almost, even though they're not the same, it reminded me of when we saw the reverse blip in WandaVision. And yeah. you're just kind of experiencing it from, like, a worldview. Yeah, totally. And it was just like, wow, like... I would never want to live in a big city in Avengers time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would be absolute like, chaos. Don't live in New York. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it would be absolute chaos at literally all times. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I also loved this first scene. The only thing that didn't annoy me, I was just like, what's going on here? And I, uh, I have a theory. It's going to be explained is why did it take so ridiculously long for her to find her parents? The house is not that big. Yeah, I don't know where her mom was at. Killing her father. That's my theory. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> We're on the same page there, too. Yeah. I was like, she totally killed her dad. Yeah. 100%. Um, get some of that insurance money, baby. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so <laughs> that's a theory. We'll see if that ends up happening. Um. So basically, at one point, like part of her room explodes, Kate Bishop's room, and she sees Clint, you know, just like shooting the fuck out of all these Chitari from one of the scenes in the Avengers. Yeah, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's his most iconic scene. It's the scene where he shoots the arrow directly at the camera when he's falling backwards. But you see that from a different angle, which is kind of interesting. That was fucking sweet. Yeah. I loved watching that. I this this whole scene was awesome. And he he saves her life as well. He shoots a Chitari ship that's basically flying right at yeah. her. Um and it, it basically inspires her to become an archer. Yeah. Um because basically she finds she finds her mom. She finds out her dad was killed during the attack and like asks her mom at the funeral for a bow and arrow, as all children do. You know. <laughs> But I, I think as far as like an opening scene introducing the characters, I loved it. I thought it was great. 
um seeing the battle of new york from that perspective was really cool and i thought hawkeye seeing him from a distance i was like damn that is pretty fucking cool yeah so. yeah it makes it seem more i thought it brought i mean realism's the wrong word but like i thought it brought a sense of like he's just a guy like he's just one guy yeah. fighting all these fucking it, it, aliens on a rooftop yeah like it brings more humanity to hawkeye and it kind of brings him down to earth a lot more too yeah uh i think that the whole two episodes like i've loved hawkeye more in these two episodes than i've ever yeah of course same same like he's he's like usually when like you see characters like interacting with people they're like i don't have time for this blah 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 blah. like he is like the coolest dude in this show yeah i feel like he's like down to earth and like genuine and like not a piece of shit yeah i really feel like every series so far has done that for its main characters except for falcon and winter soldier <laughs> oh god well that entire series is just literally shit dude it's like this particularly this and loki and wandavision too but wandavision was a very different show but like this and loki yep. are meant to be like this is an mcu cinematic experience i feel like and yes they are doing it in a way that makes whatever happened with Falcon and the Winter Soldier even more embarrassing. Yeah, you know what? Like, within, like, the first 10 minutes of this episode, I was like, wow, this is better than the entire yeah, series of same, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. same. It's because it's impossible not to compare it. It's like, what fucking happened with that series? Well, and it's scary because they're, the same guy is writing and directing, I think, the movie. Yeah, that's... That is a little scary. <laughs> and it was this really that. Yeah. Okay. Like in hindsight, you know, looking back at it, every, every show, everything that happens after Falcon and the Winter Soldier has made it worse and worse. And worse yeah. And worse. Yeah. Oh man. Those are dark times. Yep. Especially like I was like riding that WandaVision high. I'm still riding a WandaVision high, by the way. Best show ever. <laughs> um, I even bought a, I bought a, uh, an embroidered WandaVision sweater wow. online. It came in the mail a couple weeks ago. Oh, just still, still loving <laughs> WandaVision. But yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's for sure. A bunch of junk. I'm glad we agree on that. I would, I would have a little bit of a, uh, just like a, a crisis. If what if like you like loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> I would just. It just seems like something that would happen. But I'm so glad it didn't. Yeah, I think there's, um, like, one so scene, there, like, one of the Bucky scenes I, like, really loved. And then that's uh, that's the extent of my of my love. And I love some lines. <laughs> there's some funny lines. Like, looking strong, John, is a classic line. Oh, man, looking strong, John. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's just, like, it's just, like, good moments surrounded by really haphazardly written and paced yeah, stories. yeah. Because I think they had all the elements. Like, I think uh, U.S. Agent was a really cool character. I think the suits looked great. I like the I like the Falcon Captain America suit. I like their relationship. Um, you know, there's so many things going for it. It just wasn't good. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah, it is. Um, so. All right. Um, we're going to jump back to present time in Hawkeyeville. And basically, Clint Barton is spending time with his children in New York for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the story is like his wife isn't there because he wanted to have some more one-on-one -on -one time with the kids. Uh, I feel like that 
I, for some reason that just felt weird to me. I don't know why. Why couldn't the wife just come? Um, but whatever. I mean, I get uh, it. I feel like when you're a little kid, sometimes you just want to like hang out with dad or hang out with mom. And I was like, yeah. could they not get the actress back? But then she's like in it several times. Yeah. I just, um, thought it was interesting. I feel like to do that. I feel like that is one uh sign. I feel like this show portrays a an unrealistically healthy relationship between between Hawkeye and his wife. Oh yeah, she puts up with a lot of shit. I yeah, I mean I feel like they're insanely like open with each other. She clearly knows everything that's going down in his life. It was also shown like she knew all about uh Natasha as well. So she like they have a seems like they have a very healthy relationship, which I feel like would make sense to me of like, yeah, sure, go ahead, going out with the kids, whatever. I don't need to be there. I'll enjoy I'll enjoy a uh, a weekend drinking wine and doing yeah, whatever you know what? the I fuck I do on the thinking about it like she probably spends time with those kids all the time. Yeah, when he's out Okay, doing... <laughs> okay, I'm convinced. It makes more sense. She's like, give me a break. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's probably what it was more about for sure. Okay, okay. I, I didn't think about it through that lens that like Hawkeye's gone all the time and shit. Um, okay. All right. All right. This is why we need to have this podcast, just so I can get my head on straight. Yeah, there we go. Um Okay, so he's in Chris. They're they're okay, they're going to see Rogers the musical. I could do this all day. Oh my god. That was the cheesiest shit I've ever seen. Dude, it was so bad. And I loved you might get into this, but like my favorite part about that by far was the fact that Ant-Man was in the musical and Hawkeye goes, that guy wasn't even there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's just like struggling with it the whole time. He turns off his hearing aid. Yeah, which he has in this series. Yeah. Just just so he can zone out, because I think he's like he's having like PTSD for this. The Battle of New York, his best friend Natasha's dead. Yeah. And they're basically like having like a good old fun time for what was essentially like him fighting a war that would end the world. Yeah. Yeah. Since Which through that perspective is really fucked up. I really the first thing I thought during that scene was like. That's the level of idiocy of like, what if they made a musical like about the firefighters on 9-11? It's like, that'd be yep. insane. That'd be a, an insane thing to do. Pump the water and put out the flames. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. would be fucking insane. They, uh, but yeah, sure. Battle in New York. Why not make a musical? Um, I could see it happening, though. You know, in, in the. Yeah, true. In the craziness, that would be. An Avengers world. I feel like you almost need something like that. Yeah, true. Uh, because it's wild. Like all the stuff that's happened in the MCU, if that actually happened in the world, it would just be insane. Plus, that's not even the worst thing. I mean, after the blip, it's like <laughs> the battle in New York is probably nothing to those people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this this is just the beginning. Yeah. Things get a lot crazier after that. Yeah. So it was it was an interesting backdrop. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I love that they all just left. Uh, yep, <laughs> left yep. the musical halfway through because they didn't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of cut over to Kate Bishop. And she agrees to attend. Oh, no. Do, does she? 
we see the clock tower scene first? Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see the yeah. clock tower scene in which she already has a Hawkeye ripoff costume. But I say, but I mean, it looks good. I like it. But she's yeah, clearly. It's kind of like a purpley spandex shirt kind of deal. Yeah. Um, But she's at, I guess, her school. And her and her friends, she's like trying to get this clock tower that has a bell to ring the bell, essentially. Um, and she hits it with one arrow that has like a tennis ball at the end and it doesn't really do anything. So she has kind of another trick arrow of her own that she uses to hook onto the rope that's connected to the bell and gets the bell to ring back and forth several times. Um, but when she does this, I'm assuming it's just like a really old clock tower that the bell hasn't rung on in like years. Yeah. And so when she does this, it basically like dislodges the bell from the top of the tower and like destroys the the clocks fall off and the bell falls down and just a lot of bad stuff happens and she gets caught by a security guard police officer type dude um and so she ends up going home to her mom's rich ass house same house and her mom's upset with her because she's basically going to pay for a clock tower so obviously they're still well off they got daddy's insurance money yeah and kind of as punishment she's like just attend this charity auction gala with me um and she's going to be joined by uh her mother's going to be joined by her fiance jack duquesne and she hasn't told kate yet that they're engaged yeah um and obviously this is the first time her mother's been engaged since her father's dead and jack duquesne has a sweet ass mustache i have a feeling i mean we'll talk more about jack but do you feel like jack is is a good guy or a bad guy i feel like he might be a good guy i think they're trying to fake us out and make us think he's a bad guy i think he's a good guy i guess it's hard to tell uh because he is do do we know who jack duquesne is in the comics i don't Jack Duquesne in the comics is called the Swordsman. Ah, that okay, that makes sense. And the Swordsman is basically a villain, mm. and he's a villain of Hawkeye in the comics. Um, him and Hawkeye actually have a past that are are kind of intertwined. I think as if the story, if I have the story correct, um. He's he's an enemy of Hawkeye, but um, he's also been a superhero as well. So it's kind of back and forth. But I think in in the comics, um, Hawkeye and and Jack Duquesne were part of like the circus together, and basically he would do like sword stuff, and Hawkeye would do archery stuff. Um, and so it's yeah, like they both worked for a carnival together. Um, but like that backstory's changed a little bit. This is a character that goes back to Stan Lee's Avengers run. He actually yeah. appeared in Avengers 19 in 1965. Um, so that's who his character is based off of. That's why he has all those swords around the house and stuff like that, because his character's name is literally the swordsman. But like you said, we don't know if he's really gonna be a good guy in this or a bad guy in this. So we'll get to that. I, yeah, I just feel like I feel like a, a, not to jump around too much, but like later they have like a, a f- fun little duel 
between uh, a fencing duel between Kate and Jack. And I just feel like the way he played that, I feel like he might be a good guy. I don't know. Something about that scene specifically. You just see he has too much whimsy to be a bad guy. <laughs> it's very whimsical. I love, I love the actor that plays him. Yeah, he's super good. Um, he he actually plays the villain in Better Call Saul in the last season. And he oh, is shit. amazing. He's such a good actor. I love it. Um, should we jump around a little bit or do you want to keep going in, in chronological order? Uh, I mean... I'm 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 cool with whatever. All right, I'll I'll kind of go through some of the points because there's a couple of things I want to say about Jack, but we'll wait. All right. Um, basically, at this gala, um, Kate stumbles upon a kind of black market auction. Yes. That is featuring items recovered from the Avengers compound. You know, at at the end of Avengers Endgame, and Jack Duquesne is there. And his uncle, Armand III, is there as well. Armand is the person that tells Kate that her her mom and Jack are engaged. Yeah. And Jack or Armand seems to think that Kate's mom is up to no good and that something's going on there. I agree. Just, I think Armand's a G. Yeah. Um, that dude had a crazy accent too. Yeah. I loved it. I'm not quite sure what it was, but I loved it. Yeah. And so the auction starts off with like the head of a dinosaur skull kind of thing, yeah. which is weird. And I love the auctioneer said something like, and remember, if you win this, you don't remember where you got it. <laughs> yeah, it's very on the nose. Yeah. Um, loved it, though. Um, and the next two items basically are the Ronin sword, which is retractable, apparently. Yeah. Which makes it the coolest fucking sword ever. Um and then the Ronin suit. Can, so I got to say something about this. Oh, boy. Because during the intro to this, it's like, no one no one knows who who the Ronin is and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, almost in the same sentence, they're like, oh, by the way, did we mention all of this was recovered from the Avengers compound? So it's like, you can't put two and two together that, like... <laughs> Ronin's obviously one of the Avengers. There's only so many it can be. How is this still a big mystery? Yeah, it's like, like, do they think like the Avengers just took down Ronin? Like, yeah, right. Who knows? It's like, yeah, but also because at the end of Black Widow, there's a picture of of Yelena uh, or Yelena having a, a Hawkeye in the Ronin suit with his mask off. So, really, those pictures I, I are forgot out there. that yeah. shit. Yep. Wow. So some people know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that would be uh, more obvious. Also, be- before we get too past it, I forgot to have my notes up. I have two quick things I want to address. Number one, I love that uh, when they were going to this gala and Kate's mom was like, yeah, wh- why don't you put on that red dress I set out for you? And then the next scene, it shows Kate in like looking like an absolute badass in like an all black tuxedo. And yeah, I thought she looks great. Yeah, I thought that was fucking awesome. And then also uh, just a little little Easter egg for the for the comic book fans. Um, when Clint was in the musical and he goes to the bathroom on one of the stalls, somebody wrote Thanos was right. Oh, I forgot about that. That was amazing. Yeah, which I love that. Which is a uh, a call out to in the comics. There was this big campaign for like a year or so 
called the Magneto Was Right campaign. And I forget what act of terrorism people were justifying at that point, but it was uh but it was a similar thing. It's like Magneto, you know, he's always kind of the bad guy, but you can always I mean, the best Magneto stories, like you can see his point a little bit. And it's so it's the similar kind of thing where like Magneto was right. And then uh, I'm on record. I'm a big Thanos apologist. Uh, So, you know, maybe Thanos was right. Maybe the universe doesn't need so many living creatures in it. It's also worth noting there is a subreddit on Reddit that has about 700,000 members. That's called Thanos did nothing wrong. (laughs) Holy shit. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely like a popular theory. It's a seeing Thanos was right uh, was really funny. And I think it, it they're really trying to tell the story of the pain Clint went through. But then you have people that clearly don't understand the scale of that pain. Yeah. And, you know, as he was peeing in this urinal that said Thanos was right, a dude comes up right next to him. All the other urinals are wide open. There's like 10 other ones. And he basically asks him for a picture. And Clint says, like, now's not the time. And then as he's washing his hand, he's like, is now a better time? You know, it's like everyone's just like a complete, you know, shallow asshole. Yeah. Um, to to Clint for the most part. There's some people that do nice things for him, too. Um, but this really goes to show you that, like, people are are pretty dense. Yeah. Big time. So, yeah, I really love that you mentioned the suit thing. Cause she, oh, man, she looks so good. Yeah. Her um, whole wardrobe in this series is like. I feel like is insane. Like so good. Yeah, I, I agree. hundred percent. And I think Haley has been great. Yeah. Like I instantly love Kate Bishop. Yes. Same. Very strong new character. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we're at this black market um, auction and basically Jack Duquesne and Armand are fighting over bidding on this sword. Uh, and eventually Armand wins the sword. Um, but as that's happening, the tracksuit mafia interrupts the auction and they attempt to recover a watch that is among the items. We don't really know what's up with this watch. We just know it was a watch from Avengers compound. Um, and in the, in the process of this robbery, Kate Bishop recovers the Ronin suit and puts it on and defeats the tracksuit mafia members while wearing it. Um, and also my least favorite part about this scene was in addition to her defeating the tracksuit mafia people, which was great. uh, And this is not the only time this happened, even in this episode, she pulls out a phone and texts with these fucking gloves on in the most unrealistic. Why did they make it a close up? Because she clearly tapped the phone four times and like a full two sentence reply just appeared. I was also upset because I was like, there's no way you could you could touch a phone with gloves on. All immersion is ruined. Yeah, well, it's not even only that. It's that she didn't even tap it even close to enough times. To yeah, it was like, like hyperspeed yeah. texting. It's like, I guess I'm just, I thought about the gloves thing because I dressed up as Wanda from WandaVision uh, for Halloween and I had to cut holes in my fingers because yeah. I was getting so frustrated because I couldn't text. Yeah, and I assume the Ronin gloves are even, I mean, they are got to be like leather or something. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not like those fancy like winter touch yeah. gloves, which still don't really work that well. Yeah, agreed. But she, yeah, she was texting like four times the speed any nor- normal human with just fingers could, yes. could do. 
Um, she also uses her phone because her mom owns like a security company to like track some people yeah. throughout the series. Yeah. And like, I don't like that. Yeah, it at seems all. very uh, convenient. I don't. Yeah, I don't like it at all. <laughs> but like, I'm just kind of like letting it go. Yeah, because it's just how we're connecting some dots. So, yeah, but yeah, not a fan of that at all. Um, I think the one other thing I had here was that in the during this whole robbery thing, um, basically Jack Duquesne steals the retractable sword and puts it in his jacket, the one that Armand the Third had rightfully won, mm. and so he steals that sword from this auction, kind of in in the chaos of the tracksuit mafia uh, robbing it. Um, so I think at this point, Kate Bishop escapes to her apartment after rescuing the stray dog, which we'll just call the pizza dog. Um, (laughs) and she tracks down Armand, um, because she wants to see what's going on because she overheard Armand and her mother in an argument. And he was kind of like threatening her because he was, he basically suspects something's going on. We're not quite sure what, uh, but he, Armand the third thinks her mom is up to something that's not good. That's all we really know. Um, And so she sneaks into his house um, and he's been murdered in his home and by a a stab wound. It looks like a sword wound. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm like, well, it was 100% Jack. Interesting. Dude has a retractable sword and he was arguing with Armand earlier. Armand was killed by Jack. That was my thought. Okay. Can so I, we'll see. I think I, I think Armand was killed by Kate's mom. That's very possible too. I th- I would not be shocked if this show made Kate's mom the swordsman. That would be pretty wild too. I didn't think about that. I just feel like something's gonna see. um yeah. I, I'm I'm very curious about where a lot of these characters will go because it just um I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So I could see her also kind of being like a Madame Mask type character, her mom. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Which would be super cool. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna I don't I don't think there's a lot of probability of that happening, but you're going swordsman for Kate Bishop's mom. I'm going Madame Mask. Just so if I'm right, I can just be like, I'm a genius just because I happen to guess this. <laughs> I love it. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, so where are we at now? Uh, basically, the tracksuit mafia um, followed Kate Bishop because they think she's Ronan. And Ronan like, basically fought a bunch of the tracksuit mafia when the blip had happened. So the five-year period between the blip and the reverse blip, Ronan basically killed a lot of those people. And so they tracked her down thinking it's Ronan. Um, and Barton... Clint, I'm calling him Barton, Hawkeye, whatever you want to call him. He basically saves her ass from getting beat by the tracksuit mafia because he saw on the news that someone had his suit. And he's like, I need to track this down because you can't be wearing the Ronin suit. Um, and so he saves her butt and then discovers it's it's her. And he's like, you're just a kid. And then the, the episode ends. Yeah. Um, Which, like. The moment that episode ends, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I want to watch more. Right. Come on, give me some more. Um, and thankfully, we didn't have to wait a week for some more. And we jump right into episode two that picks up right where we left off. I uh, I love. So I watched these uh, with my mom on Thanksgiving, who nice. is an MCU fan, but not like 
very she watches most of it but she's very casual like a lot of the more deeper stuff she kind of misses but uh but one thing i i really liked was again a, another kind of expectation shift is when the mask comes off of haley um and he goes and he's like clearly he's like oh my god like and it's not immediately apparent why my mom's assumption, I assume many people's assumption was like, oh, it's a girl. Right. But it's like, oh, but that but that wasn't his reaction. His reaction had like nothing to do with her gender at all. It was like, oh, my God, it's a kid, which uh, which I thought just seeing my mom's reaction and then understanding. Yeah, I bet probably a lot of people would have assumed that his reaction was because of that. Um, but it wasn't. And I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I know I never thought about it from that perspective, but I can see why a lot of people could have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, I guess from Hawkeye's perspective, like who is he expecting? You know, I guess it's not really like a 22 year old girl. Right. You know, to be wearing this rodent <laughs> suit. Um, you'd expect some like douchebag dude that thought he was cool or something. Right. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um so I guess the second episode it picks right up from where we left off. Um the uh the two of them, Hawkeye and Kate, they go back to her apartment. Um and basically are immediately attacked again by the tracksuit mafia because they know where where Kate lives now. Um and they start throwing Molotov cocktails through her window, which is kind of the scene you've seen in, in like almost all the trailers where Hawkeye catches one of them and throws yeah, it right back. Yeah, which at is them. very cool, I think. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, but basically, they're they're overrun. They have to get out because the apartment's on fire, and they have to leave the suit behind. Um, so they relocate to the apartment of Kate's aunt, who is on vacation. Um. And that's kind of like their safe house right now. And Clint is like, I'm going to go get the suit. Um, he sends his kids back home on a plane, promising to return by Christmas Day because uh, he was supposed to spend Christmas with his kids. But now he's stuck in New York trying to tie all these loose ends. Um, and so um, he goes and looks for the suit. He blends in as like an NY. Uh, a New York City fire department like firefighter dude and the suit's nowhere to be found in the apartment um, but as he's putting the firefighter suit back he sees a New York City LARP <laughs> sticker on the window uh, which leads to like his next clue um, which is funny because this whole sequence just implies that that firefighter just stole that out of the house <laughs> yeah you know, I think I said I said to, to my fiance Mia, I was like, I wonder how many times like people just like take little things like when they're in crime scenes. Like I'm sure it happens. <laughs> yeah, a lot, right. Actually. Like, oh the fire must have just taken it. Unfortunate. Yep. It burned up. <laughs> um so I think I think Hawkeye brings Kate to her work uh, and drops her off there. Um and she meets with her mom. But then Jack is there and kind of interrupts their conversation and they decide that they're going to have dinner together. But Kate gets to choose the conversation topics, I think, was the agreement. Yeah, essentially. yeah. 
Um, and we find out that Jack has been reading a book about being a stepdad. That dude is so fucking charismatic <laughs> in like the weirdest way. Yeah. I just love every time he talks. I just I can't I can't tell if he's good or bad, but I just know I like it. Yeah. Which is which is really great. I love him a lot. Yep. Um and so that's kind of the end there. And basically Hawkeye goes to this LARP event, which is live action role play. It's like a bunch of people like fighting with swords and fake swords and stuff. Um, and he he tries to find the guy named Grills um, who has the Ronin suit uh, and basically like agrees to have like a fake trial by combat with him in which he lets this guy kill him in order to get the suit back because the guy's like, you're a real superhero. This is like the most like notoriety I'll ever get. Just let me kill you. And then I'll give you the suit back, um, which he does. He kills yeah. him and then gives him the suit back, which I was like, I was kind of actually expecting him to like try to not give it back. But the dude was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I loved this whole scene. It kind of showed Clint like very slowly and, and with some resistance, like loosening up a, a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I like when he first joined and he's just like walking through everyone he's just destroying everyone with no effort at all as he's like walking towards the guy with his actual suit and then once he gets to the guy with his actual suit he's just like "Ugh, fine you can kill me <laughs> i was i loved like the there was like slow motion shots of him fighting the people yeah. and they were shot as if he was actually having a fight with real people but it was totally cool. yeah 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 yeah, I I loved it, and then yeah, that that grills guy was very cool. I was happy to see that. Yeah, it was it was an interesting scene for sure. I wasn't kind of expecting it, but uh, I I was like kind of worried for the dude's life because I'm like he was on social media posting like videos of him in the Ronin suit, which he just thought was a ninja suit, right? Um, but like obviously <laughs> Kate was in it, and now the tracksuit mafia was trying to kill him, so. Yeah, that's um, a good point actually. I wonder if uh I wonder if that will come back to haunt him. It's very possible, I think, very possible. Um I think at some point here, I'm not sure which scene it was, Kate tries to convince her mom that Jack is involved in Armand's death but isn't successful mm-hmm. at all. Because her mom um, was actually the one involved in Armand's death. I think death. you're right. Now you've convinced me. <laughs> it's totally it's totally Eleanor that did it. So. And and um, her mom, so one of the clues here, I'm not sure when this happens, but one of the clues is uh it's after the dinner, actually. So let's 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 keep going. So they have this dinner. Yeah, that's yeah, next up, right? And and then at some point it basically gets to the conversation of swords. Yep. And Kate really wants to to fence with Jack. Yeah. And her mom's like, no, 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 come on. Like, this is ridiculous. But like, Jack is like, you can tell he's excited. He likes fencing. He likes swords. Yeah. And so they end up fencing each other. And she keeps telling him, like, like stop holding back. She's She basically like was like a state champion fencer. She's been trained in martial arts. Like, Kate is a very talented uh, woman. And she's like, stop holding back. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, whatever. Um, and then as he is, has his guard down, he's talking to Eleanor. She like goes to hit him right in the face with a sword and he like parries and, and like knocks her sword right out of her hand. Yeah, completely. Effortless. And so it's like basically to show that like, he's like really fucking good at sword fighting, but like was kind of playing it down. Yeah. 
And I was like, ooh, I like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do there. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of that as well. Um, and I just feel like I don't, man, I don't know. I just have this feeling that like he's going to be the secret good guy. I hope so. It'll be interesting. It's, you know, we got four episodes here. It seems like, I, you know, I'll leave some of these comments later. I'm just, I love these episodes. I'm worried that they might try to bite off a little bit too much. Yeah. But the first two episodes are so good. I'm just like thinking like we have... The tracksuit mafia. We just got introduced to Echo at the end of this episode, which we'll talk about. It seems like Kingpin will show up, and Yelena, yeah, she's supposed Florence to be in this too. Pew's character will show up as well, and so it's like that's a lot, yeah. for four episodes. That's a lot to go through, and then on top of it, we have all these other characters we're introduced to. So I just I hope they land, um. They land, uh, you know, the series pretty well and 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 do a good job of servicing all those storylines because it just seems like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, these first two episodes, solid in my opinion. Um. I think at this point, Hawkeye has decided to intentionally be captured by the tracksuit mafia to talk to the boss. Um. So he can try to sort out this whole situation. Oh wait, I forgot the Me- the candy. The candy. So Kate freaks out because Jack. So she saw that Armand the Third had like monogrammed candy or, or whatever. It's a uh, butterscotch. Yeah, butterscotch. Monogrammed butterscotches. And so she saw that when she broke into his house and found him dead. And then right. what the series is trying to do is it's trying to convince you that uh, that Jack killed Armand because at the end of that whole little fencing sequence, Jack gives Kate one of the pieces of Armand's butterscotch as if like, why would he have that? Cause he was there killing, uh, killing him. But I think, right. uh, Kate's mom was there, took some and gave a piece to Jack who then gave, gave it to Kate. It's also worth noting that, when Armand the third dies, Jack is going to inherit his wealth. Mm, true. True, which if Kate's Kate's mom killed uh Kate's dad for his wealth, maybe this is uh maybe this is just her move. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're getting engaged, and Armand was very suspicious of the fact that they were getting engaged. Not for Jack, but for Eleanor. So yeah, no, that's actually a really good connection there. Um, it makes a lot of sense and and kind of ties to the theory that Eleanor is is doing some shady shit. Yeah. So we will see. Um, but yeah, good good comment there with with the butterscotch. I forgot about that little yeah. moment. Yeah, he just said he's like butterscotch, and she like totally loses her cool. She just she's not yeah. look very uh, inconspicuous in that scene. She's clearly upset <laughs> by it. right. So we'll see. Um, at this point, she starts contacting Clint like crazy, um, even though he told her not to. And <laughs> she calls again after going to his voicemail, and you just hear, bro, Clint Barton not able to answer phone, you know, kind of vibe. Um, and so she's like, oh, shoot, like he's been kidnapped. I got to go save him. That's, that's the assumption. Um, and so she tracks down Barton's location, using her mom's security company, which that doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah. I'm, I'm waving a hand over. I'm just like, whatever, um, whatever it is. And so 
Clint is like tied up. And then they're like interrogating him, but doing a really shitty job. This reminded me of the Avengers when when Black Widow was being interrogated by the Russians. Agreed. It's like just a mirror image of that, yep. right? And so he like lifts his hands, like clearly he got out of like however they tied him up. And as that's happening, you like hear this noise, and then the ceiling window breaks through, and, and Kate falls to the ground <laughs> in like a haphazard uh, rescue attempt that doesn't go as planned. Um, and so they tie both of them up again and we see the last scene where the tracksuit mafia goes to their boss, who is Maya Lopez, AKA Echo and inform her of the captivity of both Clint and Kate. Yeah. And that is our introduction to Echo. We don't know who she is in the show yet, but comic fans and, and people who are, who've read about the series know who she is. Um, and so that's, that's right when the episode ends. Yeah. Very, uh, not really a cliffhanger, but, uh, an engaging ending. Yeah. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see how they handle her. Obviously they've already greenlit her for a, for her own show. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, obviously they liked it, but echo is basically, a deaf Native American leader of of the tracksuit mafia, and she can perfectly imitate other people's movements. Um, and so she she kind of works under Kingpin in the comics, um, but then also she she's like the adoptive daughter of Kingpin essentially. Um, and in in the past has been, and and when she was introduced, actually she was a supporting character of Daredevil. Um, but she also kind of turns good, I guess you could say. Um, and she actually takes on the role of Ronan for some time in the comics as well. Mm. Um, so there's there's a lot of intertwined stuff there that they can work with. Um, but yeah, she kind of starts off as, as a bad person because she is the adoptive daughter of Kingpin. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I'm really excited to see uh, where her character goes. And I especially want to see Kingpin. So yeah. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to there, I think. Hell yeah. So. All right. Final thoughts on these two episodes, which are kind of just like one big episode, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't I mean, I was a, I was a big fan of both. It's uh, it bodes extremely well for the rest of the series. And it also bodes well for the fact that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was an outlier. In, in the fact that it uh, wasn't Thank good. Thank God, dude. Because um, this seems very good. Uh, love Haley Steinfeld. Love Kate Bishop. Uh, I cannot wait to see that character in, I'm assuming, the inevitable Young Avengers movie. Um, <laughs> there was an interview where someone asked if if she was going to be in a young Avengers Did she just movie, and look she turned at around and just Kevin looked at Feige? Kevin Feige, <laughs> and he just gave her this look, like, "Oh, you're dead." Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, she's great. Yeah, I want to see more and more of her. She's she's really good, really like just like a breath of fresh yes. air in the MCU. Yes, totally, totally agree. Um, and it's been like you said. I mean, this is the most, just like Loki. The series was the most I've ever liked Loki. Uh, WandaVision was the most I've ever liked Wanda. 
This is the most I've ever liked Clint. Um, they're just doing a great job at giving these characters who never had their own movies, basically what their own movies would have done for them, which is like make them like real fully fleshed out characters. Um, yeah. Which is fucking I think great. This one is doing a better job than black widow did as a movie. Um, in terms of like, I love Clint in this mm-hmm. in black widow. I was, I think they're both similar in that in black widow. I was super excited for Yelena. Yeah. Yep. And this one, I'm super excited for Kate. Yeah. Um, However, in this one, I'm also getting like a really, really, really strong appreciation for Clint. I didn't have as strong of a reaction for Natasha when I saw Black Widow. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. I mean, I've I always I got nothing against the character of Black Widow, but I'm not like like I don't love the character of Black Widow. She's not my favorite, but right. I feel like the shows just do a much better job at giving them the space and like the smaller moments that that let you connect on a human totally. level. Totally. Which this like especially the first episode gave you a lot of Clint moments that built his character. Totally. And um, the larping scene too I feel like was a big like character yeah. moment. Oh my god, I forgot a scene that I really liked. Um um Kate at one point is walking with Clint and she's like walking on the outside of me like how nice and he's like no I I have to do this so I can hear you and he points to his hearing aid which like we this is the first time we've seen Clint with a hearing yeah. aid and she's like how did like you go deaf or whatever yeah. and then there's just like a quick cut of like all these random explosions and like shitty things that have happened to <laughs> Hawkeye throughout the movies and he's basically like you know it's like I'm not really sure you know or something <laughs> like that and it was just really funny. It was like a funny moment. I was like, how are they going to explain that he's deaf now? And then just like how the MCU does several times very well, like they explain it very quickly, yeah. but effectively yeah. in like a funny way that like you're like, yeah, of course. Like yeah, The dude had like an entire building collapse on him. He's been in like 17 explosions. He's just a dude. Yeah. Of course he doesn't have hearing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love I that love too. That. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, big fan. All right, are you ready to to rate these episodes? I am ready. All righty, as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, movies, whatever it is we're talking about out of six whole unadulterated Infinity Stones. We're going to rate episodes one and two together today. Eric, what do you rate Hawkeye episode one and two out of six Infinity Stones? I am going to give these episodes a a five out of six. I really, really, really liked them a lot. I think this is a, about as as much as you could ask for. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and especially for a character that, again, similar, you know, no shade to Wanda or Vision. I didn't really care about either one of those characters a crazy amount before that show. I didn't really care about Loki very much before that show. And I for goddamn sure didn't give a shit about Hawkeye before this show. And uh, and it's making me care, which is exactly what they should do. And it's uh, it's doing it very effectively, very entertainingly. Big, big fan. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a uh, five out of six. Nice. I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm giving this a solid five out of six. I think if we did halves, I'd probably do five and a half. Um, Yeah. I I do think there's room to grow here, but, like, I was so satisfied with all this. Yeah. And I echo all of your comments. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, It's just, like, it was really good. 
There was a lot going on, a lot of moments. The pacing was great. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I watched both episodes twice, and I loved it. I could watch them again. I really enjoyed it. I think the Christmas backdrop has been good. Kind of the world building, you know, with Rogers the Musical was a really great idea. Um, all the little character moments. I love the tracksuit mafia. I'm glad they say bro as much as they do in the comics. <laughs> um, love that. Um, yeah, it just it just was really good. And a lot of interesting characters and moments. And so um really really excited to see where they take the rest of this so two solid fives i hope uh we continue this streak or or get even better from here yeah hell yeah agreed all right let's jump over to recommendations Mm. um i'll go first this week for recommendations both comic recommendations um which i think i mentioned this before but if you want to read what this entire series is based off of go read Hawkeye by Matt Fraction yes. and David Aja. Matt Fraction was actually a consultant on this series because he wrote uh, wrote the comic that it's based off of. It's very good. It's very easy to jump into if you've never read a comic before. Highly recommend Hawkeye by Matt Fraction. I also want to throw in a recommendation for Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, it is that run of comics that introduced Echo. Um, I think actually the first 15 issues of Daredevil that have Echo in them were written by Kevin Smith, the movie director, and David Mack, who is like a a famous artist. Um, But then those go into Daredevil issues by Brian Michael Bendis. So that run of comics with Daredevil uh, by Brian Michael Bendis is really good if you want to see Echo, if you want to get some Kingpin action before we maybe see Kingpin in this series. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend that. I think we're going to be getting some more Daredevil in the future. So I'm going to put those two together. They're both on sale on Amazon if you want to buy them. Um, so highly recommend both of those. Love it. Eric, what do, you, what do you got for us this week? All right. I've been doing one thing with my free time. And it has been playing uh, the 100% free video game Halo Infinite. I've never been a Halo guy. Like, literally never. I've never been a Halo guy. Nothing against it. I just kind of passed me by. Never been, like, a big uh, Halo fan. Um, This game came out. The thing that got me intrigued is uh, they did everything right in the marketing, right? So initially, they announced this game a year and a half ago. Looked like shit. Looked worse than shit. Everybody was like, this looks terrible. So they said, okay, we will, we are delaying it for a year. Fucked up their whole plan because they were going to release it with the new Xboxes. It was their launch title, but they delayed it, which was clearly the right move. They delayed it, fixed it. It looks way, way, way better now. Then, so that was the first smart decision they made. Then... They came out and said, oh, by the way, the multiplayer is going to be free. It's going to be a free-to-play game. You, anybody can download and play multiplayer for free. So smart decision number two. Smart decision number three, this game was supposed to come out next month. They surprise dropped it a month early. So they dropped this free game a month early that they spent the last year fixing because it looked like shit. And I just feel like it's like, that's the trifecta of like you got to at least try it, right? It's like <laughs> with with all of that, it's free. Yeah, yeah go for so it. So I tried it. It is probably the most fun shooter I've played in many years. Uh, 
I am straight up wow. addicted. It's all I think about. It's all I want to do. Like while I'm at work, it's like all I want to do when I get done is just uh, hop on Halo and play a few rounds. Um, it's really, really good. If you're even kind of interested in like first person shooters, um, download Halo Infinite and and give it a try. It's I mean, you got literally nothing to lose. It's just so it just feels so good. It's exactly how a like futuristic shooter should feel. Um, it's just got a level of polish that I feel like a lot of games, even tr- other triple A games just don't have nowadays. Uh, like the gameplay is just so I mean, any other game, like even like Call of Duties and stuff, there's always I like Call of Duties. They're great. But there's always a bunch of fuckery with like a new Call of Duty game, always. And there's this release is definitely not without criticism, but it's criticism based on like Battle Pass shit, which I don't, I truly do not care about at all. It's like people are. People are mad because I guess they said a couple months ago, like, yeah, there's going to be like they said there's going to be more customization options than there are. And then people are mad that, like, you can buy stuff in the shop. It's like you motherfuckers just need impulse control. This is literally, (laughs) literally, this is a free game. Nothing that you buy affects the game in any way. It's just skins. So who gives a fuck? So, like, people are so angry because they feel like they need to spend thousands of dollars. You need to spend zero dollars. Just play the game. Doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all. Or at at bare minimum, if you want to just spend 10 bucks, get the battle pass and whatever. You're good. But, like, I, I really fucking hate that narrative of, like, oh, it's so it's it's so predatory. No, it's fucking not. No, it's not. It's not. If you think that, you're dumb and wrong. Just don't buy. Just don't buy the extras. It's very simple. No, just like Fortnite. Yeah, like you really don't need to spend any money. Yes, at all. yes, literally, it affects the game zero percent. So that's my that's my little rant. Um, Are you playing this on PC? I'm then? playing it on PC, but it's also available on uh, Xbox, obviously. Um, any Xbox. Uh, I mean, not 360 or or before, but you know, Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox Series, blah, 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 all of them. I can't get out my first generation Xbox and boot this. You up. cannot. However, here's what you can do. Um, I think if you have an Xbox Live account, they they have fully rolled out their uh, cloud gaming now. So if you have a Bluetooth controller, you can literally stream this game to your phone. Or to anything that gets internet and play it. Um, wow. Yeah, which is uh, also insane. I, I just shout like, again, I'm I'm a big PlayStation fan. Like, I got nothing against PlayStation, but I've just always just tended to be an Xbox guy, a Microsoft guy. And it just feels great to see them getting so many. I mean, they're on top of the world right now. They released Forza. It was like the biggest release in Microsoft history. And then less than a month later, they released like easily the best Halo game, uh, at least in many years, even if you have, you know, nostalgic fondness for like the old school ones. I mean, there hasn't been even a decent one for like years. So 
Just uh, love to see Microsoft getting some wins. They're definitely doing everything right currently. I figured it was doing well because I saw a friend post a hashtag on their social media. It said like hashtag Halo. Um, oh shit! What was the word? Um, widow. Halo widow. Because their husband <laughs> yeah, is yeah. playing video games so much. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so, I don't know what it, like, I generally don't play shooters alone. Like, I'll play them with a group of people that I play shooters with. This one I play, I mean, I put probably 20, 30 hours into it just alone already. Damn. So, it's just super Moorish. It's like, it just makes you want to play more and more and more and more and more and get better and better and better and better. And uh, it's fucking great. So big shout out for Halo Infinite. That has been consuming a lot of my time. It's wild. that They delay it, then they put it out early, and they were successful. So you yeah. don't hear that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because they did the right thing. It's the same thing as, like, the Sonic movie. If they would have put that, the Sonic movie out the way it looked originally, it nobody would have liked it, right? But then they fixed it and put it out, and people... I think the general consensus is it's, if not great, at least a good movie. It's very solid for just like a fun kids movie. Maybe one of the best, if not the best video game movie adaptation. Uh, The bar's low. It's a tough crowd to be around. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I just feel like hopefully these businesses are beginning to learn. It's like if, if the reaction (laughs) is so universally and wildly negative just fix it people will allow you to fix it like people nobody's you know nobody's boycotting this game because it's a year late it's like right yeah and it's doing so much better than it would have been if it had not been fixed absolutely agree so yeah big big fan i just uh i just hope at some point someone can make a video game movie as good as as Jake Gyllenhaal's Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah, true. That was one I mean, in a million. It's the gold standard right there. Prince <laughs> Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. What is the Rotten Tomato score on this guy? Oh my god. Let me, see. Let me pull it up. I had to like look it up. I couldn't remember what the name of it was because it was so bad. <laughs> Prince of Persia. What's crazy is that video game is like a classic. It's like one of my favorites from way back in the day. I love it. I've it's never seen the movie. 37%. Oh, yeah, I probably never will see the movie. So, yeah, yeah. White white dude playing a prince of Persia. Yeah. Yeah, classic. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right, well there you go. Go play some Halo, go read some Hawkeye comics. Yeah. And then we'll catch you when we're back with episode 3 of Hawkeye next week. If you want to reach out to us, tell us about Halo, tell us about Hawkeye, tell us about whatever, you can hit us up on Twitter at infinity rewatch or you can shoot us an email at the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com and while you're reading all those comics while you're playing all those video games don't forget to fuck the billionaires fuck the billionaires bro fuck the billionaires bro (laughs)